Porter gets it. A lot of bodies on the floor. Wally comes down the lane. And jammed it right over the top of JaVale McGee. <laughs> right down Broadway. Wow. He caught that thing back and threw it down hard. Getting ready for our post-game interview. I think Juan Toscano Anderson's got the headset on. Yeah, I'm good. You're good. Yes, sir. Yes, you are. You are good. <laughs> you played very well tonight, Juan. It was Thank a nice, you. nice bounce back for you and the team. What was the mindset coming off that loss? And tell us a little bit about what you guys were talking about. I mean, it's a long season. You know, we can't get too low, can't get too high. Uh, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. But you have to learn from everything. And so... You know, we knew we put ourselves in a bad uh, situation turning the ball over so much. Um, they're a great team. You know, there's a reason why they won 18 in a row or whatever it is, the reason why they're at the top of the standings. Um, they're a hell of a team. And so, you know, uh, we just wanted to respond. And life is about how you respond to adversity. You know, uh, this is going to mean a lot for us down the road. Yeah, granted, it's a regular season game, but these last two nights, the atmosphere has been really electric, even more so than normal. Uh, what was that like for you? Oh, man, it's a lot of fun seeing Chase like this. I look into the rafters and to the, you know, the stands, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, man, to be a part of this. Like I said, man, y'all going to get tired of me saying this, but I was once a kid coming to these games and filling in the stands, you know, so watch Dub Nation come out, see my family in the rafters after a big win, you know, competing against one of the better teams in the league, man. It's a hell of a feeling. What did you learn as a team, and specifically, what did you learn that you were able to apply from earlier this week against the Suns to tonight? Um, for myself, you know, just slow down. Um, I had five turnovers that game. Uh, you know, they were reading uh, my reads. I was playing too fast instead of letting the play develop. So, uh, you know, just slow down, let things unfold, let things develop. Um, and that's what, that's what it's about, just being patient, man. As a team, you know, like I said, we got to take care of the ball. We understand how they were playing us, and we made adjustments. All right, forget about all that stuff. Dude, that dunk. Are you kidding me? That thing was incredible. Hey, you know what, man? I see a lot of posters in uh, down here in the building uh, where we practice at. So hopefully one day my, my picture will be up there. If they don't, it's a crime. I will tell you that right now. That was one of the best dunks live I've ever seen. That was that was pretty awesome, Juan. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And, and, and Juan, we let you go. 17 points, 5 boards, 5 assists, a block shot, and we will never tire of you telling us that you were here as a kid. We loved it. We hey, love man, all those statistics, but you forgot to mention we won. That's the most important thing right there. There you so, go. Y'all have a good and night. The, and the dunk. Thank you, Juan. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> Take it easy, Juan. Yep. 118 to 96 was your final. Warriors go to 19 and 3. Suns go to 19 and 4. And their 18-game winning streak is snapped by Golden State. 23 for Steph Curry. 19 for Andrew Wiggins. He was good all night long. Five rebounds, two assists. And how about Draymond Green? What a line tonight. In 30 minutes, he had nine points, nine rebounds, nine assists, six steals, three block shots, and only uh, two turnovers. Gary Payton off the bench with 19. The town twosome combining for 36 points, five Assist, 10 rebounds. He and Juan Toscano-Anderson. And the Suns paced by 23 points and 6 rebounds for DeAndre Ayton. And I'm going to need uh, to tell you that the Warriors will be back into action tomorrow night. 5 o'clock with the pregame show. 5.30 with the tip. Warriors outscored the Suns 67-48 in the second half. So, your thoughts? I don't have any. Okay. Tom's thoughts sponsored by. It was uh, a uh, a void. 
Uh, it was, I, I mean, it was a good effort by the Warriors. Now, I figured they would have the edge because not only no Booker, I figured they could play without Booker. They did it in Phoenix, but the back-to-back. Then you got the travel and all that. I figured it set up for the uh, the Warriors, but they dominated the second half. I mean, they really played well. And as you said, the Suns probably ran out of a little bit of gas. Right. But take nothing away from the Warriors' performance. Absolutely. Their defense was really good, held them to 38% shooting, only 8 for 22 from 3. Now, that being said, the Suns aren't a big three-point shooting team. They're a mid-range shooting team. They'll take the threes. They have guys that can hit threes, but they're not reliant on the threes. They got to the free throw line. Maybe Warriors fouled uh, just a little bit too much, 20 29 fouls for the game, and I don't know how many of those came in the last two or three minutes. seemed like a lot came in the last two or three minutes, but 30 30 assists, and I don't know this to be a fact, but I'm going to say it as if it were, just for the heck of it. Uh, The game against Phoenix, I think that's the first game all year they've been out-assisted because the other two games they lost, they still had more assists than Memphis and Charlotte, and they were out-assisted, if that's even terminology you got that right i'm not sure had fewer assists yeah thank you i appreciate that thank you uh kevin roy Uh, (laughs) (laughs) patrick wah but they had their their 30th assist tonight and look again i i came away leaving this game the same way i thought at the end of the uh first matchup earlier this week they're both really good they're both going to be able to compete for a championship Neither run beatable, of course. We're not. We, 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 that era is over. These two teams are going to be among the final. I don't know five, six teams that are going to have a chance to win a championship. Brooklyn's going to be right there, especially if they get Kyrie back. Uh, Milwaukee will be there uh, when they get healthy and get going. There's no doubt about that. I think Utah is going to have a chance as well. I'm curious to see what Philadelphia is going to look like. Uh, they got off to a great start, and then Embiid had to, you know, it's on the COVID list, and that kind of disrupted their season uh, just a little bit. So there, there are a few teams, but I think it's a, it's an interesting season in that there's really no clear favorite. You have your five or six teams that are all right there and are going to have a chance to win a championship, and the Warriors are one of those. And I think that's a it's a great thing for the Bay. It's a great thing for the Warrior fans. Uh, it, 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 it's fun, and the Suns are going to be there as well. They're a really good basketball team, and it would be awesome to watch these two teams square off in in the playoffs. I mean, seven games. I mean, that'd be that 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 would be that'd be cool. It'd be very cool, and I think you know, the, I think there'd be like you said, a great chess match between. Monty Williams and his staff and, and Steve and his staff. And, and just, uh, you know, again, you'd have all kinds of subplots. Once again, Chris Paul facing the Warriors. That's mm-hmm. number one. Devin Booker in in a big-time series going up against maybe Clay Thompson. Um, yep. You know, you'd have Jordan Poole maybe coming off the bench, possibly. Uh, there would be a lot of great little, you know, uh, plot lines there. And, and to be honest, you know, the Suns and the Warriors have never had a – a tremendous rivalry. Yeah. Uh, you guys played him a couple times in the pl- or one time in the playoffs in the late '89. I know first round. Uh, Do we? Yeah, there was because uh, I remember because it was Winnie Garland going up against um, 
uh, Kevin that Johnson. Was, you know what? That was the year before I got there. Okay. Because I'm, I was like trying to think, dang, did I play against the Suns and I forgot? I yeah. haven't drank that many beers <laughs> since then. I mean, geez. My whole memory got wiped well, away. Not tonight, anyway. Uh, <laughs> we played the Spurs and the yeah. Sonics. I do remember that. But, no, when we played them, you're right. Those were fun matchups, and those were really, really good teams. Eddie Johnson, Chambers, Kevin Johnson, uh, Mark West oh, uh, was there at the time. Division. Yeah, I think Marley uh, yep. was there uh, as well. Uh, Hornetech may have been there at yep, that time. Jeff Hornetech was yeah, there. It was yeah. really, really good basketball team but you're right it's never been like a rivalry where hey we've met up in the playoffs and you know when you think about it to be honest the Warriors haven't been to the playoffs that many times to where they've had a rivalry the only rivalry I can really think of that the Warriors have had outside the, the Cavaliers are the Clippers yeah they had the Clippers there for a couple years and that was really really fun that was the whole North Carolina SoCal thing but no one really cares I and mean, the Lakers would be cool but no one really cares. Yeah, the Rockets are, are certainly a, a team that they've had a rivalry with. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate that. Uh, if they're two really good teams, especially in the same division, and they're battling each other for the right to get to a finals or something like that, that's when it becomes a big-time rivalry. And you could easily envision that when you watch these two teams. Absolutely. And, and to show you how good the Suns were for a long time, even with the Warriors' run, in recent years, the all-time series between the two is 143-110 favoring Phoenix. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is maybe the start of a rivalry between these two franchises, which would be nice nice to see. And, of course, it, you know, having Chris Paul around makes it even a little bit sweeter because he's been involved in, in rivalries with the Warriors. So, uh, I, again, I think these were two fun games. I can't wait yeah. for the next two. So, but no, I mean, the, Christmas is going to have a great nightcap. And because this is going to be, I think this will be the 5 o'clock game. I think Denver plays the late game. But uh, what's it's a that? Two, 2 o'clock game. Is it 2 o'clock? Yes. I thought it was 5 o'clock. Is that East Coast time? No, no it's it's 2 o'clock uh, West Coast time. Oh, yeah. that's right. The primetime game is a night game yeah. this year, huh? See, I, I called Adam and I said I need to be home at least by a decent hour before. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> good for you. I'm glad you're going to be home. You'll, you'll come home right after the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, it you know, and, and hey, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. But um, Spurs tomorrow. Yeah, I uh, Dejounte Murray, <laughs> Lonnie RC. Walker. Yeah, RC. He's, he's asking us the name of Spurs. Keldon Johnson. Yeah, uh, just keep Kevin right, Johnson. keep writing back there, will you please? Yeah. Kevin Johnson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The one thing you know you're getting from a pop coach team, even though they don't have the talent, is they're going to be they're going to have a good defensive game plan. Yep, and they're going to move the ball. They're like the Warriors on offense. They just don't have the talent that the Warriors do. So their assist numbers aren't going to be as high because they don't have enough shot makers like the Warriors have. But they like to move the ball. They cut, and if you're not in tune with what's going on, you're going to get beat. And they can make you look silly at times because it's just like facing the Warriors. It's ball movement. It's player movement. And he believes in anything but iso ball, which is exactly what Steve believes in. And you can see there's a lot more of pop in this offense than Phil Jackson. Absolutely, yeah. He believes in both principles. 
and, and, and what they what they do. Because Phil Jackson with the triangle also believed in, in I don't know, how do you want to say it, an egalitarian offense where the ball's bit shared. Everybody, everybody I know, I, wow. every once in a while I'll surprise you like that. Wow. Uh, I never thought I heard an offense described that way. Yeah, awesome. I know. I'm not even sure if I did it right. But <laughs> <it> just... <laughs> I just did use it as sensor, see? Uh, <laughs> but it was not a one-man dominated offense. It wasn't a bunch of pick and rolls. Uh, of course, until I got to the fourth quarter, they needed to give it to Jordan. <laughs> yeah. You go yeah. ahead and do your thing now. Yeah. But the triangle is based on everybody touching the ball, everybody moving, everybody contributing. And that's kind of what Steve's offense is, although it's a little more like Pop's offense where it's motion, where players are moving, cutting, and doing those sort of things. So, you know, they're, they're, Pop and Steve have a good working knowledge of what each, each other is trying to do to them, but it gets back to KYP, now your right. personnel. The Warriors have much better personnel than the Spurs, so if they come in prepared tomorrow night, they should be able to handle business. But I'll tell you what, if you ever take a Pop team lightly, oh. you're going to get beat. And you're going to look bad doing it, too, because they're going to nail open shots. Yep. Uh, and one one final thought on this before I let you go is that, that – Today I was working ahead a little bit and went through the cup, the, their, uh, their draft picks from last year and went through their bios and put them onto my, my spotting chart. And I, You I, too? I did yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I love what they did in their draft. The two guys they drafted, one's an 18-year-old kid who's young, really young and, but has tremendous upside. And the other kid they list as one of the best shooters in the draft. And so to me, what, what does that tell me? And they're both like assigned to the G League team right now. So they're drafting for developing those guys into rotation players. They didn't draft to, you know, get some kid that's going to maybe help them a little bit right now, but it's not going to be the long-term type solution. Uh, they went ahead and said, no, we're going to draft guys the way we always do. And they're going to get some guys that they're going to project for the future and, and develop them, and that's, that's why they're one of the best franchises going right now. You know what's interesting, and I don't know that I would have thought this five, six years ago, the G League is becoming a really crucial part of development for, yep. for, for teams. And with the ability to sign high school players that you know play in the G League now and stuff like that, it's becoming, I don't know if it'll ever become a minor league. I don't, it'd be great if every team had their own. That would be the yeah, best. If every I, team I had their G goal. League. Yeah. If they do, then that would be awesome. Because then you can play and you implement your own system and you move guys up through the system if you want to, and that would be great. But the G League is something that I, I knew this was what they envisioned. I didn't know it ever come to fruition, but it looks like it is coming to to fruition where you're able to move guys up to the G League because it, it used to be – Right when a guy made it from the G League, remember when Nelly had guys come up oh, from the yeah. G League? It was like, yeah. oh my gosh, CJ Watson, like, yeah, Kalenia, this is incredible. Yeah. Who was the uh, the shooter? He was like six ten, good three point shooter, uh, Tolliver. Oh, Anthony Tolliver, yeah, 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 yeah Tolliver. He just retired this past year. Yeah, he was what a, a nice G-leaguer. career. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, whoa, this is incredible. Now, how many guys have played in the G League that play in the NBA now? A lot, a lot. Because you don't look at it like, oh. It's the G League. You just right. look at it as an extension of the organization, like the minor leagues would be. So, the G League has actually uh, it, it exceeded my expectations, no doubt about it. Well, we'll never see relegation, which is probably a good thing. So, I wish they had relegation. How cool would that be? How great would the last week of the season be if they had oh. relegation? <laughs> Oh, would it be incredible? You would have coaches exhausting timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> they would be bloodbaths. <laughs> it would be incredible if they had relegations oh. in every sport. 
it would be just incredible to have relegation. So tomorrow, the five o'clock Warriors and Spurs, yep. and and forget about tonight. Think you know, like Ted Lasso says, be a goldfish. I don't watch Ted Lasso. Okay, okay, great. okay. Thank Thanks, you. Son. All right, see you later. <laughs> it's over. I'm Tim Roy.